you are now tuned into World War II Stories. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, and I'm here to take you on a journey through the whirlwind of historical events that shaped our world and defined generations. Stay tuned every Tuesday and Thursday as we delve into the riveting, inspiring, and sometimes tragic stories from World War II. We'll meet the brave men and women who stood up to tyranny, we'll explore clandestine operations and daring escapes, and we'll pay tribute to the resilience of the human spirit in times of extreme adversity. Also, be sure to check out our other podcast focusing on World War I, the conflict that set the stage for the global turmoil that followed. Use the link in the description below. On a peaceful Sunday morning in 1941, the United States of America was jolted awake by a devastating surprise attack on its naval base at Pearl Harbor in the U.S. territory of Hawaii. The attack, carried out by the Imperial Japanese Navy, was one of the most audacious and successful military strikes in history. It marked the beginning of the United States' entry into World War II and changed the course of the war in the Pacific. But the story of the attack on Pearl Harbor goes far beyond the events of that fateful day. It is a story of diplomatic tensions, military buildup, intelligence gathering, and human error. It is a story of heroism and sacrifice, of tragedy and triumph. In this account of the attack on Pearl Harbor, we will delve into the historical context that led up to the attack, examine the plans and preparations made by Japan explore the American military's unpreparedness, and analyze the aftermath and legacy of the attack. We will also delve into the personal stories of the people involved, from the military leaders and politicians to the sailors and civilians caught up in the chaos of the attack. I am your host, Steve Matthews. Join us on a journey through one of the most pivotal moments in world history, as we explore the events leading up to and following the attack on Pearl Harbor. This is a story of war and peace, of courage and sacrifice, and of the human spirit in the face of unimaginable adversity. Chapter 1. Prelude to War The origins of the attack on Pearl Harbor can be traced back to the early 20th century when Japan began to emerge as a major power in the Pacific. Japan, like other industrialized nations, sought access to resources and markets to sustain its growing economy. However, Japan's expansionist policies brought it into conflict with the United States, which viewed Japan's actions as a threat to its interests in the region. The United States, which had acquired Hawaii as a territory in 1898, had a significant naval presence in the Pacific. The U.S. Pacific Fleet was based at Pearl Harbor and was seen as a deterrent to Japanese aggression in the region. As Japan's economic and military power grew, it began to view the United States as a competitor for resources and influence in the Pacific. In 1931, Japan invaded Manchuria, a region of China, and established a puppet state there. The United States condemned the invasion and imposed economic sanctions on Japan. In 1940, the United States imposed an embargo on Japan as a response to Japan's military expansion in Asia, particularly in China. Japan had invaded and occupied several parts of China since 1937, which the United States viewed as a threat to regional stability and its own economic interests. 
the embargo was intended to cut off Japan's access to vital resources such as oil, steel, and rubber, which Japan relied on to fuel its growing military and industrial machine. The embargo was seen as a way to pressure Japan to end its aggressive actions in China and negotiate a peaceful settlement with the Chinese government. However, the embargo had the unintended consequence of pushing Japan towards war with the United States. Japan's leaders viewed the embargo as a direct threat to their country's survival and believed that war with the United States was inevitable. This belief ultimately led to the decision to launch the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor as a way to secure these resources and protect its interests in the region. Ultimately, the fateful decision to attack Pearl Harbor would bring the United States into World War II. Chapter 2 Japan's Military Buildup In the years leading up to the attack, Japan underwent a massive military buildup, increasing its naval and air power. Japan underwent military expansion in the years leading up to the attack on Pearl Harbor for a variety of reasons. Firstly, Japan had been an empire since the late 19th century and had territorial ambitions in the Pacific region. Japan had already annexed Korea and Taiwan and had plans to expand further into China and Southeast Asia. This expansionist policy was driven by a desire for resources and markets to fuel Japan's growing industrial economy. Secondly, Japan felt threatened by the growing power of the United States in the Pacific. The United States had acquired Hawaii and the Philippines and had a significant naval presence in the region, which Japan viewed as a potential threat to its interests. Japan believed that it needed to establish its own dominance in the Pacific to counterbalance the power of the United States. Thirdly, Japan was motivated by a desire for prestige and status as a major world power. Japan saw itself as a rising power in the world and sought to demonstrate its military strength and prowess. Japan's military leaders believed that a decisive victory over the United States would solidify Japan's position as a major world power. These factors caused the Imperial Japanese Navy to begin constructing aircraft carriers and modern warships, while the Army developed new weapons and strategies for amphibious warfare. At the same time, Japan's diplomatic efforts to avoid war with the United States were failing. Negotiations between the two countries had stalled, and Japan's leaders began to view war as inevitable. In January 1941, Japanese Prime Minister Hideki Tojo took office. Tojo was a career military officer who had risen through the ranks of the Imperial Japanese Army to become a general in the 1930s. He was a staunch nationalist and was known for his aggressive stance towards foreign powers, particularly the United States. Tojo quickly established himself as a hardliner who favored military action over diplomacy. He was a strong supporter of Japan's expansionist policies in Asia and saw war with the United States as inevitable. He believed that Japan needed to seize the initiative and strike quickly and decisively against the United States before it had a chance to build up its military forces in the Pacific. Tojo was a key architect of Japan's military strategy in the Pacific and played a significant role in shaping Japan's wartime policies. He and other members of the Japanese government believed that a quick, decisive attack on the U.S. Pacific fleet would force the United States to negotiate a peace settlement on Japan's terms. 
Under Tojo's leadership, Japan began planning for a surprise attack on the U.S. Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor to be carried out on December 7, 1941. Chapter 3 The Attack Plan Admiral Isoroku Yamamoto was the commander-in-chief of the Japanese Combined Fleet during World War II and one of the key architects of Japan's military strategy in the Pacific, best known for his role in planning and executing the attack on Pearl Harbor, which he saw as a necessary preemptive strike against the United States to ensure Japan's victory in the Pacific War. Yamamoto was born into a samurai family in 1884 and joined the Imperial Japanese Navy in 1904. He was a graduate of the Japanese Naval Academy and had served in various capacities before becoming the commander-in-chief of the Combined Fleet in 1939. He was a skilled strategist and tactician, and was highly respected by his subordinates. Yamamoto was a strong advocate of naval aviation and believed that aircraft carriers would play a decisive role in any future naval conflict. He was also a proponent of aggressive offensive tactics and saw the need for Japan to strike quickly and decisively against its enemies. Despite his role in planning the attack on Pearl Harbor, Yamamoto was not a warmonger and was known for his opposition to Japan's alliance with Nazi Germany. He believed that Japan's best chance for victory lay in defeating the United States quickly and negotiating a favorable peace settlement. Yamamoto was the commander-in-chief of the Japanese Combined Fleet in early 1941, when he developed a plan for a surprise attack on the U.S. Pacific Fleet. The plan called for a massive airstrike on the fleet while it was moored at Pearl Harbor, followed by an invasion of the Philippines, Guam, and other U.S.-held territories in the Pacific. Yamamoto believed that a quick, decisive attack on the U.S. fleet would force the United States to negotiate a peace settlement on Japan's terms. He also recognized that such an attack would be a major gamble, as it would bring the United States into the war and could result in Japan's defeat. To prepare for the attack, Yamamoto assembled a fleet of six aircraft carriers and other ships, which sailed from Japan to Hawaii under strict radio silence. The attack was scheduled for December 7, 1941. Chapter 4 Gathering Intelligence To prepare for the attack, Japan began gathering intelligence on the U.S. Pacific Fleet through a variety of methods, including espionage, sabotage, and propaganda. Japan had a large network. Chapter 6 The Attack on the morning of December 7, 1941, Japanese planes launched a surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. The attack was devastating, with the Japanese bombers and fighters destroying or severely damaging eight battleships, ten other ships, and over 300 aircraft. The attack began at 7.48 a.m. When the first wave of 183 Japanese planes, including torpedo bombers and dive bombers, approached the naval base. The surprise attack caught the U.S. military off guard, and many soldiers and sailors were still sleeping or eating breakfast when the bombs began to fall. The Japanese planes targeted several key locations within the naval base, including battleships, aircraft carriers, and other naval vessels. The USS Arizona, which was hit by several bombs and exploded, was one of the most heavily damaged ships, sinking within minutes with over 1,000 sailors on board losing their lives. Other ships, including the USS Oklahoma, the USS Utah, 
and the USS California were also heavily damaged or sunk. The attack also targeted the airfields at Hickam and Wheeler, where the U.S. military's aircraft were parked. The Japanese destroyed or damaged over 300 planes, leaving the U.S. military with limited air power in the aftermath of the attack. The attack was carried out in two waves, with the second wave targeting the naval base's infrastructure, including fuel storage tanks and repair facilities. The attack was a stunning victory for the Japanese but it ultimately led to their defeat in the Pacific War. The attack galvanized the American people and prompted them to enter the war on the side of the Allies, leading to the eventual defeat of Japan and its Axis allies. The attack, which killed 2,403 Americans and wounded over 1,000 others, shocked the nation and propelled the United States into World War II. President Roosevelt delivered a famous speech to Congress the next day, declaring that December 7th, 1941, was a date which will live in infamy. The speech was delivered to the U.S. Congress on December 8, the day after the attack. In his speech, Roosevelt described the attack as an unprovoked and dastardly act of aggression by Japan and declared that a state of war existed between the United States and Japan. He went on to say, Yesterday, December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. The United States was at peace with that nation, and, at the solicitation of Japan, was still in conversation with its government and its emperor looking toward the maintenance of peace in the Pacific. Roosevelt's speech was an impassioned call to action, urging Congress and the American people to rally behind the war effort and to take decisive action to defeat Japan. He declared that the attack on Pearl Harbor had united the American people in a common cause and that the country would not rest until victory was achieved. The speech was met with thunderous applause and was broadcast to the American people via radio. It is widely regarded as one of the most important speeches in U.S. history and has become synonymous with the attack on Pearl Harbor and the country's entry into World War II. Chapter 7 Aftermath the aftermath of the attack on Pearl Harbor was swift and decisive. President Franklin D. Roosevelt declared war on Japan the next day, and Germany and Italy declared war on the United States soon after. Although a stunning victory for Japan, the attack marked the beginning of Japan's downfall, galvanizing the United States and its allies to end World War II on the side of the Allies. The United States quickly mobilized for war and began a massive buildup of its military and industrial resources. The United States and its allies launched a series of offensives against Japan, including the famous island hopping campaign, which aimed to retake strategic islands in the Pacific and cut off Japan's supply lines. Within months, the United States had turned the tide of the war in the Pacific and was pushing back against Japanese forces. In the aftermath of Pearl Harbor, Japan also faced significant challenges on the home front, including shortages of resources and manpower, which made it difficult for the country to continue the war effort. The Japanese military became increasingly desperate, resorting to kamikaze attacks and other suicidal tactics in an attempt to stave off defeat. The turning point in the war came with the U.S. victory at the Battle of Midway in June 1942 which marked the first major defeat of the Japanese Navy and weakened Japan's ability to wage war in the Pacific. From then on, Japan was on the defensive, as U.S. forces slowly but steadily advanced towards the Japanese mainland. 
the war in the Pacific finally came to an end in August 1945, when the United States dropped atomic bombs on the Japanese cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. These devastating attacks, which led to Japan's surrender and marked the end of World War II, will be covered in an episode to come. Overall, the attack on Pearl Harbor was a significant event in the history of World War II, marking the beginning of a long and difficult period for Japan, which ultimately led to its defeat and the end of the war. The attack also had significant implications for Japanese-American relations. Japanese-Americans living in the United States were viewed with suspicion and faced discrimination and internment in the years following the attack. The attack also had a profound impact on the people of Hawaii, many of whom lost family members and friends in the attack. Chapter 8 the investigation. In the wake of the attack, the United States conducted an extensive investigation into the events leading up to the attack and the failures of the military to prevent it. A congressional committee, the Roberts Commission, was established to investigate the attack. The primary objective of the Roberts Commission was to investigate the events leading up to the attack and to determine whether any individuals or agencies were responsible for the lack of preparedness and intelligence failures that allowed the attack to take place. The commission was led by Supreme Court Justice Owen J. Roberts and consisted of several high-ranking military officers and government officials. The commission was given broad investigative powers and was tasked with conducting a thorough review of the events leading up to the attack on Pearl Harbor. The commission conducted a series of interviews and investigations to determine the facts surrounding the attack. It reviewed intelligence reports, military communications, and other relevant documents to determine whether any individuals or agencies had failed to take appropriate action in response to the threat of an attack. The Commission's findings were presented in a report, which was submitted to President Roosevelt in January 1942. The report identified several factors that contributed to the lack of preparedness and intelligence failures that allowed the attack to take place. These included Communication failures between military commanders in Hawaii and the mainland Intelligence failures, which left the U.S. military blind to the impending threat Complacency on the part of military leaders, who had not taken adequate precautions to defend the naval base. A lack of training and preparedness on the part of the military. The Roberts Commission's findings were controversial and sparked a heated debate over who was to blame for the lack of preparedness and intelligence failures that allowed the attack to take place. Some individuals and agencies were held responsible for their failures and several high-ranking military officers were relieved of their duties as a result of the Commission's findings. Admiral Kimmel and General Short, in particular, were relieved of their duties and later faced court-martial for their role in the attack. The Roberts Commission played an important role in investigating the events leading up to the attack on Pearl Harbor and in holding individuals and agencies accountable for their failures. Its findings helped to inform future military policies and served as a reminder of the importance of preparedness and vigilance in the face of potential threats. The investigation also revealed failures in intelligence gathering and communication between different branches of the military. As a result, the United States established the Central Intelligence Agency, CIA, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, which are still in operation today. Chapter 9 Legacy the legacy of Pearl Harbor is complex and multifaceted, and it has had significant impacts on both the United States and Japan. 
For the United States, the attack on Pearl Harbor was a defining moment in its history. The surprise attack galvanized the country and led to its entry into World War II on the side of the Allies. It united the American people in a common cause and sparked a wave of patriotism and national pride. The attack also had significant impacts on the U.S. military and its defense infrastructure. It led to a major overhaul of the country's defense and intelligence infrastructure, with new policies and procedures put in place to prevent a similar attack from happening again. The attack also led to a significant increase in military spending and the development of new technologies and weapons systems. The attack on Pearl Harbor also had significant impacts on the Japanese people and their culture. The attack was a turning point in Japan's history and marked the beginning of a long and difficult period of war and devastation. The country faced significant challenges 